Well, it's 2024. People have been asking us, hey, what are you guys doing to kick off the new year? What is the new book? We have done a lot of the great things over the last couple of years. So what are we doing now? What's our next step in journey? We want to take you guys back to a, a central portion of everything. We begin midweek move with a conversation on the book of Acts. And that was a great conversation. But we want to go back a little bit further and take a look at the book of Luke. So grab your Bible, grab your notebook, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and let's get into today's conversation. Hello, welcome to the Midweek Move, podcast extension of The Healing Places, the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here? And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited because we are beginning the book of Luke today. With an intro, we're going to get into the background, who wrote it, why did they write it, and who is it going to? And here in a minute, you guys are going to discover why I'm pretty excited about this because in a lot of ways, this is kind of a back to basics for us here at the Midweek Move. So you may ask us, why is this a back to basics? Well, because the very first thing that we have to establish when it comes to any conversation about books in the Bible, and that is who wrote the book we're studying. And this book, universally agreed upon, is... Luke. Luke is the author of this particular book. The internal evidence paired with early church documentation going as far back as 135 AD suggests the writer of both the book of Acts and the book of Luke was in fact the same individual. And that's, again, that's why this is kind of a back to basics for me. Because we began with the writings of Luke when we went into, when we started the Midweek Move, we started discussing the book of Acts. We would walk through that whole journey in a lot of ways, really interesting ways. When we finished this series, if you wanted to, you could immediately pick up the book of Acts because of the, they they are a continuation. If we were back, if modern writing was a thing back then, right, the way that we publish things and you went down to your local bookstore, you would pick up the book of Luke and the book of Acts as a sequel series. You would just get those pairings because it made sense. Question is, who's Luke? Now, again, I want to encourage you, please go back and check out our intro to the book of Acts as we dive into that a little bit more. However, just basically, Luke was likely a Gentile medical professional from Antioch. That's kind of the, the basis of who he is. And that's interesting because here we have a Gentile who is writing about Jesus, what is happening here? Well, the book of Acts shows us that he was writing uh, to a man named Theophilus, and his writings are very much focused on salvation and the theological bridge between Judaism and Christianity. All right, that's that's what's taking place. Luke seems to have gone in to do an investigation to understand what is taking place, who Jesus was, why the claims of Jesus should be valid and should be understood. Now, this is where things get interesting. And I, and I didn't really, uh, I just recently discovered some of this conversation uh, in my study for preparation for this. But scholars believe that his purpose was kind of twofold for writing out this particular gospel. One uh, was as a source of evangelism. And the second portion is a type of legal discourse to show that Christianity was in fact a sect of Judaism and thus had certain rights under the, under the Roman Empire. See, you got to remember that in this early days, today we look at Christianity and Judaism and, and it's there's a real demarcation. There's a big separation. <clears throat> but in these early days, there was some conversation is Christianity separate from Judaism? In fact, early 
uh, on, it was considered a sect called the Way. And the problem is that as time progressed, and people begin to separate the conversation of Judaism and Christianity, because again, what's Christianity? Well, we would say that Christianity is a fulfillment of Jewish prophecy. We are the continuation of what they've been looking for, because Judaism is looking for the, the Messiah. We believe the Messiah was Jesus, and we're continuing in his following, in his steps. Well, in this early world, the Romans had certain laws and certain privileges for Jews. Jews have certain rights as individuals under Roman law. But these Christians did not. Christians were looked at as a fringe, crazed, radical group. They were a sect that was put to the side. They did not have certain rights under Roman law. And so some scholars have suggested possibly that Luke's writing of the gospel specifically was a way of showing, hey, this whole thing of Christianity is in fact a continuation of Judaism. They should have the same legal rights that Jews have under Roman law, which again, this is a very interesting conversation, but it also was an aspect of evangelism, understanding, again, he's a Gentile. Yet within the writing of Luke, there's a lot of going back in conversation, pointing to the Old Testament, pointing to what things meant, explaining the um, how certain Jewish aspects of life um, affect the believer today, the Gentile. There's a lot of this back and forth that takes place explaining things. Why? Because he's trying to help the, his fellow Gentiles to understand. Theophilus, a man who is who has contracted Luke to do an investigation, to look into all this, he doesn't understand Jewish culture himself, so he's trying to help Theophilus to understand. Now, to accomplish this, though, much of the writing of, of Acts and Luke's gave extremely detailed um writings using first-eyed witnesses and possibly, possibly the gospel of Mark, which was written by a disciple of Peter. Uh, and by the way, that fact was confirmed by Matthew also. But also this, what it's, it's kind of this infamous document. It's a theoretical document called Q. Uh, early, it's a, which was an early collection of Jesus' teachings. And it seemed to have been circulated within the early church. Again, we don't have direct evidence of this Q document, but it seems to be a document that possibly all four of the gospel writers had access to and used to as a, all right, here's some stuff that we know that Jesus said. Great. Let's work this into the conversation of the gospels that we're dealing with here, right? So Luke possi possibly had this documentation of writings of Jesus, possibly had these uh, writings of Mark, and he says, okay, we have these things together. Now let me do some investigation. Let me interview some people. Let me talk to some people who were there firsthand because I want to make sure that what I put out is accurate as, as accurate as possibly could be. And as he did this, he combined various styles of writing, some, some Hebraic writing, some Aramaic writing, and what's called, and I, I'm going to butcher this word, uh, Septuagenism uh, origins. <laughs> so... Now, the Septuagint, that is a, uh, a Greek rendering of the Old Testament. This is something that was put forth in that time frame, the era. It was something that he had readily available to him, which is why when you look through the book of Luke, there's a lot of Greek terms, there's a lot of Greek writings that take place because the Jews had already worked hard to modernize, to put into a readily understandable document the Old Testament. And, of course, the 
language of the day for the most part for most of the modern world because of Roman rule was Greek. Now, so he has all these different influences in his writing. He has some Hebraic writing and some Aramaic stuff going on. He has some of this Greek Old Testament stuff and he's putting everything together with these eyewitnesses of all these people. Why? Because again, He's trying to make sure this is as accurate as possible. He's wanting to make sure that everything he puts forth is the actual truth that has been presented, is the actual truth of Jesus' life. This is important. This is a passion. This isn't just a side project that Luke's doing. This isn't just like, ah, well, this is a thing. There was a guy named Jesus. This work that he put into this tells us that he was passionate about this project. It wasn't just a task given to him by Theophilus, but this was something that was important to him. He wanted to make sure he understood what was being presented. In a lot of ways, this kind of reminds me of a modern book from, uh, I think it was like late 90s, early 2000s, called The Case for Christ, which was a book written by a gentleman named Lee Strobel. Now, Lee was a agnostic, atheist individual who... Um, kind of antagonistically started to investigate the claims of Jesus. He wanted to understand who Jesus was, who the gospel writers were, because he was trying to debunk it, basically. If I understand the story correctly, basically his wife had come to know Jesus and she was getting very involved and he was annoyed with it. So he was going out of his way as a journalist to basically investigate the claims and debunk it. And as he was doing this, he put meticulous work into understanding what was taking place. The problem was, uh, that the, the difference between him and Luke, however, is that he didn't have first eyewitnesses necessarily readily available that he could actually talk to. But he did have extremely early documentation by these first eyewitnesses. He had documentation by people who witnessed Jesus, by people who were in the vicinity, and he was able to investigate those things and understand it. Luke, however, with the same passion but for a different reason, was investigating with the very people who were present. The very people who were witnessed Jesus' life, the very people who witnessed Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. This is an important book because here we have a Gentile believer trying to understand the very basics of his faith. And to be honest, as Gentiles, as most of our audience listening audience, there may be some of our audience who, who are Jewish, Messianic Jews, but as most of us who probably listening to this, we're Gentiles who are grafted in to uh, the vine, into this relationship with, with the Jewish people under the banner of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of us all. Here we have somebody who's done a lot of hard work to help us to understand what our faith really is. And that's, again, that's kind of one of the other reasons why I said this is kind of a back to basics for us here at Midweek Move. First off, it's Luke. Love Luke. <laughs> we start off with the book of Acts. But also, there is this foundational understanding of here is a Gentile researching a Jewish faith so that other Gentiles can better understand it. I firmly believe that as we walk through the book of Luke, that as you walk through this with us and listen to the conversations, and we have various guests that we're lining up, some very intelligent, some very prophetic, and some very um, uh, biblical-based individuals, very biblical-based individuals, as we have them come in to help us understand this in context in a very clear way, that you're going to grow. 
And you may discover some aspects about your faith that you didn't really, maybe you didn't understand. Maybe there's some stories in the scriptures and maybe they didn't hit home because you didn't quite understand the context of what was taking place in the culture. Luke purposely is diving into this to help the Gentile believers understand it. And I believe this is going to change your life. Now that said, Luke's gospel, it focuses on some certain key aspects. Uh, there's about 10 aspects that I, I have listed out here. Yeah, first off is... Uh, uh, presenting an accurate Christology that reflects the nature of Jesus' birth, character, death, and his resurrection. This is a key aspect of understanding Christology. Now, that's a big theological word that basically means the study of Christ. So throughout this, we're going to have a firm Christology of who Jesus is. Also, we're going to have a clear doxology that points all glory to God the Father. Now, doxology, again, that's another big theology word. And a doxology just means a, a kind of a, a type of praise, an acclamation of praise. It's a structure of like, this is the belief that gives glory to God. And so throughout this, throughout the entirety of this thing, he brings a huge, clear doxology that points everything back to God the Father as the foundation of everything. Next thing is a constant pointing to the death and resurrection of Jesus starting from the earliest chapters. This is a big ordeal throughout the entirety of the book where Luke is foreshadowing, pointing us to forward to the major event of Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, now, what's interesting about this is by doing that, he's pointing out prophecy throughout the entirety also. Old Testament prophecies that point to this whole aspect. Again, helping Gentiles to understand what is taking place. Another thing is that he brings out the importance of true salvation. This is a key aspect. It's not just a, a country club faith. Christianity isn't just something you do casually on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whatever, but it's a aspect of salvation. Salvation from hell. There is a key aspect of our faith here that some people, I think they just, either they think that's all it is, where it's like, oh, out of, I get my, my, uh, my uh, get out of hell free card, or they just don't think about the gravity of that statement. The fact that you don't have to go to hell anymore. And Luke dives deep into that conversation. Also, he points out the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is a major thing of how Holy Spirit moves in the lives of the people pre-salvation. <laughs> and then, of course, Acts is post-salvation. How does that work out? How does Holy Spirit move in the lives of, of individuals? Uh, there's a lot of conversation where people don't think Holy Spirit moves or that he doesn't move in certain ways. And whereas we're talking about the Gospels, this is before Christ's death and resurrection. The conversation of the Holy Spirit was important to Luke, so much so that he spent a lot of time talking about Holy Spirit in this gospel, but also in the book of Acts. Next thing is that there's a focus on prayer. There's a lot of prayer passages. A lot of times we see Jesus praying, where you see people praying. Luke is very much uh, aware and he's concerned about what is being prayed and how people pray also. Another aspect is the urgency of Jesus has to uh, the urgency that Jesus has to fulfill his mission. Throughout this, we see Jesus' passion to fulfill this, this mission of bringing salvation to the world. And to me, that's a really interesting conversation to have because sometimes when we read the Gospels, we just see Jesus doing stuff, and 
that's fine. We understand that he did a lot of works, but there was urgency behind everything he did. Even in the resting periods where he's just seemingly just sitting down at a table with unbelievers, there's an urgency there. He feels like he needs to be present because there is a very big mission. This was important to him. Your salvation was important to Jesus. There was urgency in this whole book throughout his mission because he loves you and he cares about you and he knows what you will face if you do not know him truly another aspect is the return of jesus he puts a big focus on jesus return what that would look like how that's going to happen again this is a core doctrine of the faith of christianity also how believers should interact with the world this is another one of those aspects that i think that some people they just kind of dismiss or some people just get a little weird with it (laughs) Just being honest with you. But how should we, as believers in Jesus Christ, interact with people? What does it mean to be Christ-like? And what we see throughout Luke is we see Jesus doing life with people. And if we are to be Christ-like, how can we learn from those moments? And finally, the importance on the Word of God. This is an interesting aspect because as we're reading the Scriptures, right? But remember, Luke is writing this, and he's writing to people who don't necessarily know the Scriptures, don't know the Old Testament. So there's a lot of pointing back to the Old Testament. There's a lot of pointing back to what was written beforehand to understand what's happening here in this moment. The Word of God is important all the way through, Old Testament and New Testament. And we're going to see how it was important to Luke, but also to Jesus, as we go through this study over the next several months. (laughs) I think we have programmed... We scheduled out um, the first three months. I think we're only up through chapter five with our scheduling. (laughs) This is going to be a big journey, but it's going to be very important. It's going to be one of those conversations that we've got to have. Why? Because if we don't understand the basics of our faith, which simply is Jesus Christ, his ministry, who he is, then all the rest of it is for naught. And I want to encourage you guys, lean in. As As we tune in, as you tune in week to week, reach out to us. Let us know how this has encouraged you, how it's challenged you, maybe how you've grown from these conversations. We love to hear from you guys, but also let us know how we can pray with you. We don't want this to just be a one-sided conversation where it's just, hello, and we're just giving you information. We want to do life with you. We want to pray with you. We want to help you take your next steps with God. So all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, reach out to us, mediahub at thbstreetport.com. Check out our Facebook page, Midweek Move. Don't forget, we love you. We care about you guys. Until next time. Have a great week.